obviously, I love my dad. I, I, um, I've learned a lot from him uh, over 40 years of time that have helped that that come that has helped me in this job, uh, be more prepared for this job. Um, he's been a uh, he's done amazing things, transformational things in this uh, city. My expectation is that the governor is ex will be looking for an appointment of someone who plans on running again. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think that's something that. Uh, that Jim plans on doing. Uh, so that was an interesting comment yesterday from Mayor D.C. Reeves about his dad, of course, who he loves and has learned a lot from, but at the ages of 85 and 40, respectively, uh, he says, I just don't see him running for election, and since the uh, governor is likely to appoint somebody into that seat that's going to want to run for re-election, it seems like his dad is not going to be the person for it. Joining us now, we have the mayor and the son, uh, D.C. Reeves from the city of Pensacola. Mayor Reeves, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you very much. Good morning, Andrew. Oh, good morning. And by the way, it was really sweet to hear your comments about your dad. I always love to hear it when people say nice things about their dads because I'm hoping one day, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping one day uh, some other kids related to me might say the same kind of stuff. Um, so are you taking a position? Are you endorsing anybody for this race? Or do you have a preference? And I mean, I know you're going to respect the decision of the governor, whoever he picks. But yeah, um, look. I start with I mean, I mean, when I say this, I mean, and, and no one can understand it probably uh, as well as I do around here locally that, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of effort and, you know, you're really putting yourself out there uh, to run uh, for public office or to, or to be appointed for public. Absolutely. Office. Um, it is not, uh, I mean, there is a lot of challenges uh, to it. Uh, it's a thankless job and a lonely job uh, a lot of times. And um, so, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, I have respect for anyone, whether I agree with them or disagree with them or what party they are, just, to put their name in the hat, right? So, um, you know, uh, my, my personal feeling, obviously, uh, I know Jared Moore very, very well. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jared. And and look, if you're Governor DeSantis, and to elaborate on the, the soundbite there, if you're Governor DeSantis and you get to make an appointment, it, it makes logical sense that you're going to want to make an appointment of which that person will continue to be in that position, right? Um, and not just do it for a short period of time. So, and, and because remember, whoever gets this appointment, they're turning right around and they've been running an election in November and they'll have to run another election in two years right? Um, to get back on, on, on schedule. So for that seat. So, um, you know, I, I, I have a ton of respect for Jared Moore. I, I think, he, you know, he's been council president. Um, he is, he's won two elections in that district. And, um, you know, if we're talking about appointment, which is on merits, you know, I, I certainly think that Jared, uh, you know, has my support and, and, um, you know, I, I have such respect for the job he does on council and, well, if he would get the appointment, I, I would hate to see him leave council. I think uh, he could continue to do great things for the city. But but everybody involved, everyone whose name's in uh, are, are, are people I respect because this is not an easy thing to do. So, right. um, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. And, and I, I, I understand. I, I see the analysis the same way. I mean, I think Jared has a proven quality and, you know, I think he'd be a great commissioner. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm, you know, I'm good, good friends with Walker, too. And, uh, you know, certainly capable. But. It's just that Jared's got, as you say, elections under his belt and public service that he can point to. Uh, Walker's got public service, but not in the elected capacity. And then, you know, Buck, I know him fairly well and, you know, good guy, but no public service of the sort that we would look at. And that doesn't mean he's not good. Just And he's already running for election for the seat. Um, and then a couple of other candidates. I forget the lady's name who's put in for D4. But so, you know, we'll see. But I, your analysis, I basically agree with in terms of the appointment going. Um, well, and, turning... and let me let me make this let me make this point too, Andrew. You know, I think understand we're, we're talking about two different things. One's an appointment. One's an election. Right. Now, right. You know, for example, I, I didn't have any previous uh, experience before I started as mayor uh, politically. 
right? But and look at what I a disaster that's been. So we're talking about two different things, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, you win, you win an election, you know, the citizens have spoken. But I think when you're talking about an appointment, well, what you really have to point to is is experience and the merits. That's and then, right. Then you let an election play out and let the chips fall where they bet. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, let's talk about the pickleball courts for a second because uh, I am suspicious that, and I think it's a well-placed suspicion, that the vast majority of people have heard this story and don't understand it. Um, I was even asked by a friend yesterday, I said, so is this going to be like, you know, Roger Scott where you're going to have to pay to play on these pickleball courts? And I'm like, it's not even a public facility. You won't have an entitlement to play there it will be a restricted access pay to play club membership or something of the sort, right? The city, this is not a city park that, you're building. That, that's correct. Yes. I've heard in the last 24 hours, many versions of what the city is paying for or not paying for. So I, I, I'm happy to clarify this. We leased warehouse four on the port um, that, that because of where it's, it's uh, situated on the fence line allows it to go outside the fence line of security uh, and be be some version of a public-private amenity. So all the city's involvement is is we have signed a lease with, with this group. They are paying us a lease rate for the warehouse that has not had a lease since 1979, and um, and that uh, we it is now on the property tax rolls for about fifty sixty thousand dollars a year. So um, so that's the only city involvement. What happens from here? If they put seven or eight courts uh, outside or they put 10 or they allow basketball or they do events, all that, I mean, just think about it. The city has leased this space to a private entity. So uh, there was a lot of confusion out there yesterday about why is the city paying for courts on the port or why is the port paying? No, we've nearly leased them the facility of which they are building a what they're hoping to build a regional national size tournament ready uh, pickleball facility, which you're seeing go up in cities all over the country. Um, that this is their venture. So what what are they going to charge? What's the access going to be? That's all going to be determined by the private uh, operator who's paying us rent and, and paying us property tax. And speaking of access to courts, uh, we've got the soft opening happened this week for uh, Roger Scott. So we've got tennis again, right? That's right. Twelve new courts uh, over at Roger Scott. Uh, still putting finishing touches on shade structures and some other things. But uh, since the courts are ready and long awaited, uh, we got people out there playing on them. So we'll do a more official uh, ribbon cutting probably late spring. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, they are open and, and, and back rolling again. And four million dollar project. Some of that about one point three from the county. Uh, so certainly excited to get that uh, back into the public realm. I can't remember the top level of courts by the practice wall. Those did not get replaced. And I haven't been there, obviously, or I'd know. They ha- they did not get replaced, right. and they're being converted to clay. Do I remember this correctly? Uh, I'll, I'll have to see if we confirmed that they were converted to clay, but your first inkling is correct. Uh, the, the, we, it's the 12 courts that we did, and I think yeah. it's 16 in total over there that they're for. So I'm not sure if we've made a final decision, but in terms of value engineering, remember that started at uh, started with a two on it, and we got to about a four yeah. uh, in terms of millions of dollars. So uh, I know that was one of the VE things was to not mess with those top four courts for a little while and go ahead and get these done. So okay. I'm not sure if there's any finality on that, but, uh, but more to come. Sticking in the realm of uh, public amenities and parks and things, um, the Bay Bluffs Park moving forward, it sounds like, if I hear you correctly, that what we can envision with the funding from the state and the conservation status and all that is – Basically, we're not going to have the boardwalk anymore. It's going to be converted into more of a, a hilly set of trails. 
Possibly. I, I wouldn't say that we wouldn't have any amenity uh, there because, you know, that's still to be determined by budget, by how much funding we do receive, all those things. But the, the truth is we're going to work hand in hand, three different entities, ourselves, Conservation Florida, and the community are all going to have some say in what would go there in place, depending on what the budget is. But the only reason we haven't worked out exactly where, you know, how many boards are going to go down and what part of Bay Bluffs Park is, we merely don't have the funding to even entertain that at this point. So, uh, but I am grateful to Senator Broxson for, for getting that, uh, you know, in there into the conversation and Conservation Florida for working with us on that. And uh, it'll be, prote- if, if done right, we'll be, it'll be protected forever. Um, uh, all, all the uh, acreage we have. Uh, there alongside Conservation Florida, and we'll come up with an amenity that brings some value uh, to the city. So, um, so it's it's not a fully baked uh, plan at this point. Uh, there's no design, zero percent design. Uh, but at the end of the day, the 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 point will be if we are able to procure that funding, then we can start to have the conversation about what can and can't be done once we get some cost estimates and things like that. All right. Well, you heard it here first. It's a half baked plan. Um, <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> not fully baked. I appreciate that terminology. That's actually a good one. Um, well, one the, of the, oven, th- the oven is the 2.2 million. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, the issue of recycling. You mentioned yesterday that you're putting out, getting ready to put out an RFP and see what comes back from it. Is ECUA one of the vendors that you guys are, have you even talked with them about the possibility of them being willing to do the city recycling, or are you just going to put it out there for whoever yeah. responds? Yeah, absolutely. So what we've done is we've had some just general conversations with some third parties, including ECUA, about uh, what what kind of cost, what would that look like? Because my argument was I don't even want to do an RFE if we can't even get someone to feasibly offer this, right? right I mean, sure. Why even go through that process? So we've reached the comfort level with enough conversations to go ahead and do the RFP that, that there could be uh, some potential. And, and as I said, it could be once a week. It could be on the 1st and 15th of the month. We don't know. We're going to see what comes back and what the cost is. Um, ECUA and our conversations, uh, they weren't necessarily entertaining it in the format that we would want to do it, understandably. Because, look, one of the biggest limitations of this is equipment and staffing, right? So that's why third parties, larger third parties, make sense in this because they may have a lot more of that in ECUA or certainly what the city has. You know, we don't have a bunch of extra garbage trucks sitting around. And and when you order one right now, the lag time is about three years on a garbage truck. So, wow. um, you know, it, it, so it's significant capital, significant uh, payroll expense. And so ultimately what we're looking to do is contract out, you know, someone else's equipment, someone else's staff. And then at that subscription fee, be able to to, to mitigate that sum. And I, that's why I tell everyone, sometimes people have a preconceived notion that I think that this is going to be some profit center for the city. No, I'm, I'm bracing for a subsidy. I'm just wondering how much it's going to be, um, you know. And so uh, it, it, we are not looking at this from that we think this is going to be a net zero opportunity for us. Uh, but we're certainly willing to subsidize uh, to a certain extent if we can get the service. So, and if you can do it for uh, so cheaper than you're spending now, yeah. have the RFP. or were before, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and then we'll also, simultaneously, uh, we've gotten so much uh, recyclables, clean recyclables at Scenic Highway, now that curbside's done, that's that's way less contaminated than it was when we had curbside, um, that we're looking to potentially do some uh, you know, one day a week of assisted uh, drop-offs like we've been doing at Palafox, which has been great so far. Okay, but looking down in the future, if you're willing to hire out a private contractor to do recycling at a subsidy potentially, because that seems to be the likely outcome, 
does this mean that you might eventually be looking to outsource sanitation too and stop being that as a city function? I'm not entertaining that at this point because what you're talking about is one is a third-party ancillary service. And think about it, we use a lot of those. We have right. third-party landscaping for some of our parks. You know, Some we do ourselves, some we, we uh, farm out, right? So, uh, But when you talk about the entire service, you know, you, there is a slippery slope when you go to third party for entire service because you, you don't control the quality, you don't control the, sure. the staffing, you don't control the message. You know, those types of things uh, I don't take for granted. And our team does a great job of that, and I would put our reputation up in the city uh, against anyone's in terms of our service and, you know, helping uh, folks, you know, get their cans to the street and hopping out. You know, our, our team does go the extra mile, and those are the types of things you lose control of, certainly, when you if you were to outsource the entire thing to a third party. So That makes sense. I, I, you know, I would never say never about anything, but, but I would tell you that's not something we'd be looking at anytime soon. Speaking of uh, fleet management, facilities management, the least desirable job in this county has got to be the guy who's in charge of all of that stuff, but you've hired somebody, right? That's right, Russell Sweat. We started a new department. We, we It was... Uh, facilities and fleet were secondary divisions under larger departments, sanitation and public works. And you know, you, you can't talk to me a week without me talking about trying to fix the things that we have. Right. So we've created a new department. So we have a new department head, Russell Sweat. He comes from many years at United Airlines running facilities there out in Colorado. Um, it's going to do a great, great job for us. And, you know, I, I joked with him, you know, we, we just, you heard me yesterday, we just finalized a list of uh, actually having a single list of everything that we own, every structure we own. That's amazing. Um, which I was kind of surprised that we didn't have. Um, and, and so, you know, I think he had just started. I said, well, you know, we're, you know, welcome. And we're putting together a list for you. So you don't go work <laughs> on buildings that we don't own. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, so anyway, I know he's, he's going to do an awesome job for us. I'm very excited for that department. And, um, and, and it'll help us stay on top of the things that we own that we lease out. That, are, that we own and make sure we're meeting our obligations as well as making sure that people leasing from us are meeting their obligations. But, yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited to get that. Going. And I kind of love the idea that the guy who's going to be in charge of all the wrench turners name is sweat. <laughs> that seems yeah, oddly perfect exactly. to me. <laughs> all right. A lightning it's round. Just a couple of quick questions. I actually don't know. Do you, do you drink coffee? Oh uh, yeah. Lots. Okay. Are you, what's your preferred way to make it? Keurig drip, French press, something else. Uh, I, Iced uh, from store bought, iced, a um, little bit of cream, no sugar. Okay, all right, fair enough. Some people your age and younger do not like talking on the phone. Do you have any issue talking on the phone as opposed to texting? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm that <laughs> I'm like the oldest millennial there is. Right. So I'm I'm kind of stuck right between uh, those two. I'm I, I probably prefer text, uh, but but I'm I'm happy to talk on the phone. And when you go to the store, I assume you still go to the store to buy your own groceries, as people do. Um, do you prefer to check out with a person or the self-check? And if you do the self-check, do you scan and bag, scan and bag, or do you scan, scan, scan with the hand scanner and then bag, bag, bag? Okay. Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, I have an item limit on self-checkout. You know, if you roll up there with like 40 items, it's just too much. You know, I don't know where to put everything. And then I, when I use self-checkout, I go scan bag because I don't want the machine to yell at me and think I'm stealing. You know? So I immediately, <laughs> as quickly as possible, put it into the bag so the weight, is the thing doesn't you know, start gotcha. barking at me and call for assistance. All so, I hear you saying is you have a guilty conscience. That's okay. That's good to hear. Uh, DC, DC, Reeves, <laughs> DC Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola. No surprise on the phone one, by the way, because you always do great on the phone. Uh, DC Reeves, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. And, of course, city council meeting is tomorrow night. Look forward to all of that. Thank you so much for the time, as always, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew.